Well, it, you and MOOC is like nerds and MMORPG. Like, they just hate that term, but, like, that. what else are you going to call a massively multiplayer online role-playing game? No, <laughs> I had to think about what, what's the RPG stand for. I don't know, man. MMORPG. That's another one that's really gross. Which one? Egg McMuffin. Oh. What's that stand for? Please. March 20th, 2013, this is episode 47 of Yet. It's yet another tech show every week, yetanothertechshow.com. Check it out. I'm Matt Lee. Joining us tonight, we got Larry Press. What's up, Larry? Hi, guys. I got the dog here. And we got Larry's dog. What's up, Larry's dog? And we got Mike Rothman back from a little vacation. What's up, Mike? Hey, everybody. Glad to be back. Lucy sends her regards. The injured... Dog is on the recovery. That's good. We didn't want to mention it, like, why you were gone on the show, just in case. Like, we didn't know how serious it was, so we didn't want to be like, you know, da-da-da-da-da. Yeah. So we just... I'm, uh, so what What happened was the dog was sick, and, and now she's better, luckily. And Yeah. Everything's uh, a, good. a compressed disc in the, the poor little creature's neck. Oh, and she's, she's one of these... One of these little beings that uh, when she's unhappy, she likes to let the whole household know about it. And the, the result was a, a fair number of uh, uh, trips up out of bed overnight to, to see to her and try to do something about this. Well, so, did they, how did they fix it? What's that? How did they fix it? Well, I mean, a, a combination of pa- pain relievers and rest and uh, prednisone. So no surgery, steroid no. shots, nothing like that. Yeah, and you know the that that treatment the vet said is not necessarily going to get it, but in our case, it seems like she is uh, she's recovering her old cheerful, good-natured self. Uh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. You got to take her to the puppy chiropractor. <laughs> exactly. She needs a little puppy she, acupuncture. She'd be more than happy to go there. After which, she would be happy to go to the. Uh, the the doggy steakhouse down the street. Yeah, I bet. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I saw this week all over the Google Plus this interesting infographic, and it's interesting that a company like Intel uh, would create an infographic like that. I, I forgot to put this in the rundown, so it's in the, the chat there for you guys. Uh, and it's what happens in an Internet minute, like on the Internet, a minute, 60 seconds, you you can picture in real life what you what you do. I wait five minutes in between hacking ingress portals. You know, I wait a minute here and there. Uh, in a minute, six hundred thirty nine thousand eight hundred gigs of global IP data is transferred. That's think about like your hard drive. You have like a terabyte hard drive. That's a thousand gigs. So like six hundred and thirty nine of those <laughs> about you know like. Every minute, that's 
That's a re- unreal. A like, ridiculous amount of data that gets transferred. And I mean, when yeah. you look at the breakdown here, you can kind of see what most of it is in the what thirty hours of video that's uploaded uh, in the two hundred and seventy-seven thousand Facebook logins. I mean, this is all yeah, data. Every being, minute, three hundred and twenty new Twitter accounts. A hundred wow. new LinkedIn accounts. Every minute, thousand hours of music. I like that Amazon makes eighty three thousand dollars in sales every minute. Yeah, <laughs> that's insane. Pandora streams over sixty one thousand hours of music. Twenty and million you know, picture views from Flickr every minute. We are talking about a service that didn't even exist. What is it? Fifteen years ago. Isn't that crazy? It's insane. It's like crazy. how quickly this stuff just builds up and like once we lay the groundwork for the infrastructure you just see how it attracts people and how they create with that and they log in and they buy things and it's and that's it's all because you can you don't have any centralized authority you can create applications at the edge is this that's a true right. free market you in you process and, and create applications at the edge and that's what happens too. so this is like a true free market with no kind of i mean there are certain constraints no i guess but Larry, that's partially true. There's no central authority unless you're in the Apple uh, environment. Okay, but but you know, Apple created their thing without getting permission from. Yeah, you can create a walled garden. No, I'm actually you're agreeing with you. I'm just I'm just taking an easy rag on Apple. Just taking a shot at Apple. Yeah. This yeah. one I like. Every minute, 20 new victims of identity theft. And 135 botnet infections. But you know that 20 victims of identity, that's nothing compared to these other numbers. That's kind of... Uh, well, so it's bad. like the six new Wikipedia articles that are published. But every minute, I mean, that adds up, you know? Yeah, it's it's nothing unless you get unless you're, you get to be one of the twenty. Unless you're one point three million video views out of the thirty hours of video that's uploaded to YouTube, then it turns into something. You know, also that's new Wikipedia articles. How many are edited? Right, exactly. That's just new articles published. So, two hundred and four million emails sent, most of which end up in the spam box. But hey, it's a lot of messages. Well, you know, most the of them wind amazing, up in my spam box. The, yeah. <laughs> the most amazing thing on this is that uh, thing it says at the bottom, the future growth is staggering. The growth projections are, I mean, it's way fast exponential growth. Well, because right now, what does it say? These that, numbers seem like chicken feeding figures. Right now, the number of network devices equals the global population. Not saying that everyone has a network device, but most people have two or three. There's like five right here within arm's reach of me right now, you know. So, and by 2015, they say that'll double two times what the global population is or will be. Because in 2015, the global population is going to be quite a bit more also. But I guess, yeah, that makes sense then because then a lot of those people will be connected and, and whatnot. I've, I've been wondering about the Internet and if there is a single point of failure. And, and you know, we, we, we read all of this stuff in the press about various countries trying to hack other countries. Uh, if, if someone were successful in bringing down the U.S. power grid or a substantial part of it, I have to imagine most of this goes offline. A lot of it, but a lot of it is hosted in other countries. And I, I, when you say a centralized 
point that that could bring the internet down. I, it's more of a regional thing, right? The way the DNS yeah, works, yeah, yeah. you could bring down regions at a time, but to bring down, I don't, uh, it wouldn't be possible, I don't think, unless it was like a mass EMP burst that attacked the actual hardware on a global scale that you couldn't bring it down worldwide. It would have to be, you'd have to hit all the major DNS backbones, all the major connectivity backbones, one of those two targets, let's say, yeah, or the power grid that feeds them and then wait till power generators run out of, of diesel or whatever. Just earlier today in the news, there was news that uh, banks across South Korea were offline mm. for seven hours. A little hackety uh, hack. L- little hackety hack, yeah. But it was yeah. all the banks and uh, they well, were I mean, on each other or dependent on a single point of failure. Uh, uh, apparently it was multiple hacks, but now, you know, this is first day coverage, uh, news coverage, and I'm suspicious of it, frankly, but still it's kind of alarming. What happened? Can you tell us more about it or do you have the, the story in front of you? Well, uh, you know, this is, is thought to be retaliation by the North Koreans who've been in this this wow. cat and mouse game with South Korea escalating in recent weeks. And, you know, it's important to also know that North Korea claims that South Korea and the U.S. Uh, did a, a massive denial of service attack on North Korea about two weeks ago. See, that's so interesting because the- another article says that they found that Chinese, it, they were traced back to Chinese internet addresses. So is that North Korea using Chinese internet addresses or is it China doing it? And it also, well, it's, it's good to note that it didn't just hit banks, it also hit television networks as well. Ah. You, you know, part of what's happening, I think, is that the coverage is really speculative, particularly same-day coverage of these events. Of course. No one really knows what's behind these attacks or how they happened or whether even some of them are just, you know, accidental outages. And that's what this says here. It says, after the shutdown, suspicion for the source of the hacking campaign fell quickly on North Korea, which has hit South Korean targets with cyber attacks in recent years and threatened SEAL in attack in recent days because of, like what you said, the uh, UN sanctions. Uh, on the nuclear test, and it says, uh, but it is too early to assign blame to China or North Korea since the IP addresses can be easily manipulated, proxied through how, jump through hops, tour. How did they take them down for six It hours? says that screens went blank with skulls popping up on the screens of some computers. This is out of the 1992 hit movie Hackers. Yeah. <laughs> you remember the cookie? Type type cookie. It's the cookie monster infection. Type cookie. Oh, that was the best. Best portrayal of hacking ever. Uh, it says a strong indication that hackers planned a malicious code in South Korean systems was the... The skulls popping up, of course. Never a good sign when there are skulls popping up on your screen. Uh, the state-run Korean Information Security Agency said some computers started to get back online more than two and a half hours later. Uh, but yeah, that's all it really says. So it doesn't sound like it was a DDoS. It sounds more like an actual infection, backdoor Trojan uh, rootkit style. Well, it, we're, we're moving rapidly into an era, as we've said before on this show, uh, of uh, increased uh, cyber uh, uh, cyber warfare 
played out at the nation state level. Yes, I wrote a long article on Google Plus about this a long time ago about Stuxnet and Flame and how war has already been initiated just on the hush hush. Like this is going on. There there are there are hacks that are causing real world problems for certain countries and that's that's oh, the first Iran. Were, were exactly your and flame harm? i mean I'm so sorry flame, stuxnet wasn't the first I mean, there was that's it all this talk about bringing down the power grid and shit i mean come on give me some more examples of, of other than popping skeletons up on people's screens and yeah, but that's the that's just like haha we're in. I mean, what are they doing in the background? Uh, granted, a lot of this uh China stuff has been espionage purpose, like they're just getting information, they're digging, they're mining, they're they're I mean, that's what you do before you attack, isn't it? You like get as much information about the uh enemy as you can and then you well, I guess you if your purpose them. is espionage, you want to not be detected. You want Exactly. And that's what maybe some of this but what attacks have? How many attacks have there been that have had physic, caused physical damage, other than the Stuxnet attack? Was that the well, first? If, do you include in physical damage monetary loss? No, yeah, because that like, kind of incorporates DDoS. Say, bring down that power grid. Um, well, and they found malware in power grid computers before, but it hasn't done any actual damage yet. But the possibility is always there. I think I'm agreeing with your basic point, Larry. The, 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 you know, this is a story. In some ways, it gets rolled out when the news is slow, sure, and the talking heads on television need something to talk about. Yeah, you know what it it feels a little bit like. It, okay, this I keep following the updates of the China thing, though. I think they finally ended. Um, the last one that I posted on this kind of ever growing post was a general whose name I forget, who's the head of our cyber war command. Like, this is like a theater of war, just like Europe and the South and the Pacific. And he said, his final word was, well, we're not going to be just defensive. We're going to be offensive, too. And by that, he's also saying, we need a lot of budget. And it reminds me of the sort of the weapons of mass destruction in Iraq that we had to go in and get rid of. Absolutely. It's kind of... You wonder if it's not empire building. Every time there are budget cuts on the table, the military uh, has a new threat that uh, we must defend against. Yeah. And War encourages economy. It's really over the top. Yeah. It's a yeah. sad truth, but, I mean, that, that gets economies going in times uh, of war. Your production is, I mean, you're making these machines for war, and once the war is over... There are better ways, Matt, there are. to get the economy going. There are much better ways, but I'm saying, in the past, what has our government liked to have done? Listen, dude, you're still you're still, still young enough to be sent out uh, into the trenches. <laughs> I'm 32. They ain't gonna take me. They'll take my girlfriend <laughs> before they take me. That's <laughs> yeah, a volunteer army now, too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. It's uh it's interesting. It's technology get out of our control. Got to be careful. But you don't want to scare people like uh the BBC and Jeff Jarvis. <laughs> the techno panic. Uh, did you right. see I uh hearing you on Twitter. You came on glue over the same kind of a, a discussion, right? Yeah, uh, it was quite funny. Did you see YouTube broke records with a billion monthly users? And I mean, just from the Intel chart, thirty hours uploaded in a minute. It's YouTube yeah, is wow. huge. YouTube is on it. 
YouTube is on an incredible roll. I mean, of course, YouTube is not the only video streaming service out there, but it's got to be the largest or one of the it's largest. It's the go-to, right? It's it's, it's kind of you don't think Vimeo when you're like, oh, I need to see a clip of something. You instantly think YouTube. It's gotten that household brand recognition. It's universal, and their search tools and their presentation tools keep getting better and better. The, the they got uh, you know rating systems in there to help you figure out what's worth watching or what's not. It's uh, we are we are consuming content in a whole new way. It's not even that though. There's more content on YouTube than anyone could consume. Like we're we're to the point of content overload. You know, there's I I forget. His name, but some guy on a podcast I was listening to was talking about, and he went into the numbers of like how many blog posts are created and just looking at content, like how much content is created and then how much content is actually consumed. And the numbers are way skewed. There's way more junk being made than people have time to watch. Oh, for sure. And it says if the video, this article off CNET says if the video hosting service were a country, it would be the third largest in the world after China and India. You know what I love about YouTube, YouTube is sort of the other side of the equation. It is so easy now to make a video and to add titles and to edit it and special effects and so on that it, it's bringing out some incredible, incredible creativity by sort of sole producers, you know, sole, single individuals. When I think of what it was like, you know, I sort of dabbled in in um, video recording uh, when I was in college. And I'm telling you, it was cumbersome, slow, and very expensive compared to today. Yeah, it's- they've done a really good job of tapping into existing resources. Like if your laptop has a crappy webcam... We can tap into that, and you can record a video, and we can run it through filters and edit it and fix the sound and make it look like it's coming through You know, a, a decent camera. You're not going to get great quality from complete crap, but it does a really good job of, of being able to allow the use of that stuff. Well, I mean, the cameras, you, you can buy a good, reasonably good camera for $60, $70 and get good video results, good high-definition video results out of Right. But I'm saying um, you can make something decent just with the built-in stuff, and it, it yeah, allows yeah. you a really easy way into that, you know, into yeah. just, like, hit this button to record. I mean, just say, for, for example, in Hangouts right now, they just added this mm-hmm. capture function that you can take pictures within, which I don't know how useful it is, but it's a new functionality that taps into your existing camera and and everything you can take pictures and share it with people that were in the hangout. I wonder how many people you know I'm I'm not creative. I'm not an artistic individual. Uh but I wonder how many people who are who would have in the past become writers or painters or sculptors. I wonder how many of them are now going to be videographers in some sense instead, you know, sort of move into that field. and You're enabling a larger group of people access to things that back in the day only a small handful had. So out of that larger group, you're going to get two or three more people than you would have normally that really rise above the rest and and shine with, with the equipment that they have. Here's some, here's some quotes from... Uh, I don't know, TechCrunch. Um, 
Nearly one out of every two people on the Internet visits YouTube. Uh, uh, YouTube's uh, monthly readership is the equivalent of roughly 10 Super Bowl audiences. That's insane. Yeah, and if YouTube were a country, they'd yeah. be the third largest in the world after China or India. Right. And, and that's, I mean, that goes both ways, right? You, you create tools for people to create stuff, but then you've also created this massive community that wants to watch that crap, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. not everybody's there looking for really high-quality studio-made stuff. Like, people like the crappy cat video. I mean, there's, there's a ton of just really low-brow stuff up there that's just, you know, taking up space, but people watch it. And there's stuff for narrow communities too. Yeah, it isn't how-to videos, tutorial. I mean, you can learn pretty much anything on YouTube yeah. now. But the trouble—it's hard to discover things. Huh? If that's when, that's the problem. When they're you good at YouTube. search. They're not very yeah, good at recommendation say. yet, but they're getting there. I would say YouTube is probably about as good as Netflix is at really showing me things that I I really care about. Yeah. So hey. you go to YouTube just to see what's happening and, and kind of search. No, you know, rarely. <laughs> if I need Every to see I it. go there, it's because I followed a link. It's, I'm yeah, it's either it. that or it's usually from Google Plus or Facebook or Twitter. And then the recommended videos, if, uh, you know, I rarely watch that stuff. But usually if I think of something, like today we were watching something and my girlfriend thought of something. She's like, ooh, see if that's there. And we watched that clip. And then, you know, it, so it was a quick way to just see what she was talking about, you know. Yeah, yeah. I guess actually, sometimes I'll I say, okay, I wonder if there is video of such a thing. But I'll have a very specific thing in mind when I go. I never go there just to see what's on YouTube. Like what? Give us a hypothetical. You're not just channel surfing the YouTubes, are you, Larry? Yeah, I am not channel surfing the. Not YouTubes. a YouTube I mean, surf. I never say, oh, I've got an hour to kill. I just go fart around and see what's on YouTube. If I got an hour to kill, I'm farting around on Stumble Upon, not YouTube. Yeah, but it would be more like either. Mostly, it says follow a link. I'm reading something, and it says click here to see the video. Sure. Um, but once in a while, I say, okay, I wish. I wonder if there's a video of such and such a talk or something. I'll do a search, and then look for the look for a, a video of it. Have you, you ever know, I had hear this? You hear this thing that that the most common way to that young people, or I guess all people, watch music or hear music now is YouTube. Is that the truth? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, it's the. I've read that it's like the number one way. Because music videos are there, so that would make sense. And people just upload music with the artist, like a picture or something. Like it's not necessarily a video, but it's an MP3 playing, and then there's just a picture there. And I heard, I don't, I can't remember if I read it somewhere or not, but I read that, or I heard that they were going to make it easier for music to get put on there. So I don't know if that's true, <laughs> but. That would be kind of cool. Have you guys seen that? I've seen the assertion somewhere, I thought, that it was more popular, that that was the way people listen to music more than any other way, any other medium now. Is it that... depends on the demographic, I would say. The younger generation, I'm sure. So I'll tell you, it's not the way I listen to music. Yeah, me neither. But, but more and more, I am streaming from the web. In my case, it's from Spotify. See, I don't do that. I've been on the internet long enough to have collected my own MP3 collection that I really like, uh, like yeah. you know, hundred, hundreds of thousands of songs. And so I put up the the majority of what I really, really like out of that up to Google Music, and that gives it to me on all my tablets and my laptops and pretty much everywhere. So. And that seems to work well. I've I've only had it down a couple times when I wanted to listen to something and it was like crashy or something. So 
But then I have it's, the MP3s here, so it's not a big very deal. comparable in that sense. Very comparable to uh, Amazon. Sure, sure. MP3 service. But because order. I lived in this ecosystem and not Amazon's because I'm yeah, not a Prime yeah. member or anything, that's which way I tended to go. But, yeah, both pretty cool. Hey, I do have a couple of bones to pick with Google. Oh, really? Let's hear it. This should be good. Okay, bone number one. I want my Google Reader back. Oh, yeah, we went over that on it. Yeah, yeah, we are all saddened. We're, we don't We don't have to repeat. But what are you We guys should, though, because at? it's important. Damn it! I, I, we gotta have a service like that. So I'm looking at Feedly as the as the lead. See, my problem is I'm not using what? Google Reader at re, Google.com/slash/reader. I'm feeding those feeds into third party apps. Those third party apps don't say, "Would you like to import from Feedly?" They say, "Oh, yeah. import from Google Reader." So yeah. I'm waiting on these apps to be like, "Well, what are we using?" So that I can go yeah. use that. Because I don't want to pick something, get all my stuff back in there out of Reader and into this new yeah. thing, and then have it not work. And they're like, well, we went with this one and not Feedly. It's like, well, okay. It's just I'm, a pain I'm, in the ass. You know, It's nothing I'm, like important, really. It's just a pain. It is a pain. Google has and, currents. We have Flipboard. We have ways to curate and, and read our, our RSS. Google Reader was was a honeypot that I would throw everything into. And then from that, yeah. I'd feed Flipboard and then I'd feed, but I, I would pick and choose. I wouldn't just put in everything because there's so many feeds in there. What I gather is that Feedly is trying to provide, is is trying to design and launch the the open platform that will be the backend feed that Google Reader has been up to now. Right. So Feedly, Feedly, you know, they may or may not succeed. And it's granted, sort of hard to see how they're going to make a business model out of it. Yeah, that that too, because Reader, <laughs> I don't think, did. But and, and granted, a lot of these third-party apps I'm talking about, like BeyondPod, Flipboard, stuff like that, will yeah. accept an OPML file, which is what Google Reader will export also. But it's just easier to be able to pick and choose from Reader instead of just Why? giving it the whole thing. I don't want everything that's in this, this conglomerate of feeds, you know? Okay, so I'm going to tell you my com- conspiracy theory reason why Google is doing this. Does it have to do with currents or plus? No. Okay. It has to do with Google plus. Okay, with plus. It force people into Google. I've heard yeah, two they... theories. One was currents, one was plus. I'm glad you yeah. went with plus. Well, currents is sort of such an also ran that nobody takes it very Could they have seriously. killed currents and kept reader? You kill currents, keep reader, we're all happy, right? Except exactly. for Eric from AOTA. He would be terrified. I'd be all about that. So second reason to pick a bone with Google. Why why Google do we need Google Keep? I sort <laughs> of also ran after um, Evernote and OneNote and other services. I'll give you like I, I got an answer for you. Two words. Google now. You install yeah. Keep and then yeah. you say Google note to self and it takes notes in Keep. Oh, really? I Functionality? Seen that. I read that on Google+. I think Jerry Hiltebrad from Android Authority uh, mentioned that if you have it installed. <laughs> I haven't tried it yet, but that would make a lot of sense that it's their own thing with APIs into their Google Now, which will be on everything pretty soon. It's going to be on Chrome. It's going to be in Glass. So <laughs> that, that would and, make sense. And th- with their really uh, muscular uh, voice-to-text, 
capability. Yeah, and I uh, heard somebody mentioned, I think it was uh, Robert Knight on Google+. Plus. He mentioned that it works terribly with the S Pen on the Note, the Note 2, anything that has a pen. He said the Google Keep, it didn't work very well at all. So I, I don't know. It's new. It just came out. So, you know, give it yeah, a minute. Yeah. But they well, might like, want you to talk to it more than writing these notes, especially if you're using glass. If you're using glass connected to your Note 2, you're not using the S Pen, right? Yeah, yeah. I've got, you know, I'm coming from the position of having used Evernote for about, uh, I don't know, almost as long as it's been around. Yeah, a lot of us, I think, have because they are the best. You know, they were better than Google Docs on mobile for editing notes for a a long time until they fixed that in Docs where you weren't line-by-line editing. You were free-flow editing. Also, Evernote is kind of a scrappy small company, that, and I really like them. And Google is sort of a scrappy big company. There was a good interview on triangulation on the Twit Network with the guy from Evernote. And, yeah, I I really like that guy. He's he's really cool yeah. and interesting sound. Yeah. Well, okay, Matt, you've given me a reason to try Google Keep. I know. I'm going to try it right now, and we'll see if this works. Okay. What Do you have any other bones to pick with Google? Why don't you tell us about your bone to pick with AT&T real quick while I uh, get this oh, installed? Oh, man. AT&T has bummed it so big. I'm Everyone that's been listening for a while knows I'm sporting the HTC One X on the AT&T 4G network. And I love the phone, but it's been stuck back at uh, Google uh, Android uh, 4.0 for the longest time. So that's ice cream sandwich. Um, and they... Over time, they upgraded that to 4.0.4, and those upgrades worked on this device. But after months of delay and frustration within the 1X community, uh, AT&T finally released an upgrade to 4.1, not 4.2, 4.1. And uh, now it develops that a fair number of us are unable to actually download that 4.1 upgrade to our phones over the air, that is over wireless. Okay, so, that's a terrible problem, but this is so awesome. It totally works, all right? Check tell me, out. tell me. So you pop open Google now. You say, Google, note to self. And it does a thing, it pulls up a note thing, and then you can talk to it, and it writes a note. Now, that is actually kind of cool. I could learn to like that. So I think you only have to say note, and it records the rest, because it made a two-second recording of me saying note to self, which is odd. Gotcha. Huh. Google. Well, say note to self. Uh, be sure to pick up the bread on the way home. Google. Google. <laughs> it gets an attitude sometimes. Google. I'm talking to you, damn it. Okay, Google. Note to self, don't forget to get milk and weed on the way home. <laughs> ah, yeah, it did it. Saving note. Very cool. <laughs> that is too cool. Okay, so this is that is kind of cool, especially if you have glass and you're saying, okay, glass, and then talking to it. That's kind of cool. Now say tricorder. What's the average temperature of the human population it on this planet? That. Oh, I don't know about that. 
It does some stuff like that, though. Uh huh. That is pretty awesome. All right, uh, Larry, you had some MOOC news this week. You want to tell us about? Let me ask before you leave that. Oh, sure. You, how how good is the the uh, speech to text? It's amazing. <laughs> I can't say it with a straight face. It's pretty good. Yeah. It's better than Dragon, naturally speaking, ever ever was. I oh, that's what I was wondering. Could you? Well, they. I have never seen it, though. I haven't maybe looked for it. Can you dictate into, say, a Google Doc, like do a long dictation? Yep. You use you use the keyboard. Any anywhere there's a keyboard in Jelly Bean, and I think ICS does this. No, you no. just put you guys. I don't have Jelly Bean. Okay. I'm gonna part with a laptop. So you open up like just a let's say just a new document, right? Yeah. And we'll name this test. Okay. So anywhere your keyboard is, you have a microphone. Here, this is hard to see, but uh, okay. So yeah, you have it's the Swift key. You have your uh, your microphone here. So you hold that down, and it opens dictation, and now I'm dictating to it, and it's typing basically as I'm dictating to it, and then you can read what it's typing as I'm talking to it, and everything I say here will get put into the document, period. Thank you. There you go. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And then you can hit pause, and it'll put it in. That almost gets me to think it's time to get it. And honestly, even when I was holding it at the camera, it typed everything I said perfectly. It was. You were facing away from it, yeah. and it didn't blow it at all. Not Damn bad. It. It's gotten that much better than where it was. That stuff uh, is getting good. I'll tell you oh, what, wow. there's some people at Nuance that are shaking in their boots right now. Nah, yeah. I feel like Nuance did they, they did their thing. They did the guys And Kurzweil works at Google now, so like, what are you even going to say? That was his yeah. company back in the day. I mean, I, I don't know. No, wasn't a, there a big scandal though? The guy from MIT that built all that—they the nuance aced him out of his equity and everything. Is that what happened? I, I don't yeah, know. I don't know that. that was nuance. It up. I don't know sure that much about it. He ripped the, the the nuance owners ripped off the uh, yeah the, the guy who developed uh, Dragon Natural Speech. Really? Oh, when they purchased Dragon from he was a real speech yeah. researcher. I've got a post on that from years ago. I can put it in the notes. Yeah, you should do that. It'd yeah. be a, a cool look back. Yeah, just one more evil thing, and now they're getting screwed. That's good to hear, man. <laughs> Screw, and well, you will get... Around goes around, Larry. Karma, right. karma, karma, karma. Is that the dog-eat-dog world, man? Don't listen to him, man. This is why places like China and North Korea are still thriving. <laughs> so, MOOC news. Tell us about the MOOCs of the MOOC. week. I actually That's heard it. the word MOOC in, like, normal, everyday conversation. It was kind of odd. Wow. More and that more. word to I know. Me is so grateful. I hate the, that word, but it's just gone on. There's no way to stop it. Well, it, it, you and MOOC is like nerds and MMORPG. Like, they just hate that term, but like that, what else are you going to call a massively multiplayer online role-playing it's, game? The, <laughs> I had to think about what, what's the RPG stand for? <laughs> I don't know, man. MMORPG. Like that's another one that's really gross. Which gross. one? Egg McMuffin. Oh. What's you know, that stand for? Like Never mind. No, it's like the sandwiches in McDonald's. It's just such a... <laughs> I don't even know where you got that from. man. It's a cringeful name. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. Oh, they have my, my, my McDonald's in my... Yes, yes. I just didn't understand where what that and acronyms had to do with each other. But I understand what you're saying now. Cringe, cringe, cringe Right, right. Okay. But, um, yeah, let's see. There, 
what's happened in <laughs> MOOC news, I'm, I'm kind of turning into the MOOC guy. Um, one thing is California is now, California, Jerry Brown, the governor of California, his father was Pat Brown, who was the governor when the sort of old master plan for the university higher education system in California got set up. And he really, people, you know, everybody said, oh, UC is the best university, state university system in the country. And it was really lauded, but it's really been going down the hill uh, because of financial reasons. And it seems like his son, who's now governor, wants to also remake the university system. And so he's done a, uh, a number of things. One is they set up a, a mechanism to generate uh, uh, open source, you know, uh, free textbooks for general studies courses. They've started a MOOC, uh, MOOC for credit trial at one of the state university campuses. And now there's a Senate bill that uh, I don't know if it's going to pass, but basically is going to say uh, the universities have to accept, if the universities don't have capacity to, to serve the students that want to come there, they have to start accepting credit from any institution. In other words, it can be private companies. Um, so it's he's he's really pushing forward, and he's reached out publicly to you know Coursera and Udacity and those guys and say help, we need help. And then just today, I read State University of New York's going down the same path. So why so that, I don't understand, I don't understand the bill thing that they're so rather than accept all of these other credits, it forces them to want to up their online capacity to serve an online no, class. Is that what is, that? What it's saying is what it's saying is if. If you've got, uh, what's happening is students come and they can't get classes and it takes them six years to graduate. Ah, uh, because of the, the okay, physical classes are too full. You can't do face-to-face -face teaching and freshman calculus for all the students that are there studying engineering. Right. And you've got to let Udacity teach freshman calculus. I see, okay. And let Udacity, uh, you know, give credit for Udacity courses. And... Uh, that's a good move. Kind of, it's starting to really, uh, I don't know how it's going to end up, but it, this is a time of change. It really feels like it. What's, what's big there is the, the state legislatures getting into turf that historically has been mm. reserved to the university about who gets credit and who doesn't. Ooh, right. You've got it. It's the accreditation. And that's what the universities, that's their whole card, man. It's that they control accreditation. They control who gets degrees and who doesn't certification. And, what, yeah, I think MOOCs are going to, they're pushing innovation in pedagogy, in technology, but even more important, what Mike says, in certification. The world of how things get certified is, is starting to change. That's awesome. That definitely, especially with the, the free textbooks and stuff, uh, a friend of mine went to a couple of tech schools, and for all of his prereqs and just everything he went through, like, a large chunk of change was devoted to textbooks. And he's like, I'm taking these classes online and it's like free. I mean, if you can get a whole bunch of generations to be able to have the access to the education that they would want to get, you open up the world to a lot more progress, I think. Yeah. And there's a lot of pushback. Like I was saying, all the people that, you know, that we the, hate the, education. Universities don't want to give up their power, you know? It's not about uh, power, dicks. It's about making people smarter so that we don't all kill ourselves. Don't they know that? You can't be greedy and run a university. If you want to be greedy, go do a startup. 
Yeah, you can't tell that to the. I know it's that's messed up, but it's. Do you feel that way though, being a teacher, that we should be educating for the greater good and not just to make a buck? Yeah, I really do. (laughs) Would you now? Let me close the other. Would you teach for free? (laughs) I couldn't. No, exactly. Got to make a living, but still. But you know, it's like uh, what was it? The There's a happy medium in there somewhere. The railroads wanted to keep firemen on after they'd gone to diesel engines. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, right? Same story. Institutions don't like to change because somebody loses their job, somebody loses power. Uh, but there seems to be a lot of push, and in both in California and in New York, it's really coming from the top. But now, is that yeah. their fault for having a job that takes such advantage of the society it lives within, like in the first place? Maybe they deserve to lose their job. Then I don't know. Should that even be a job? Oh, trust me, I, we can get we can go down this rabbit hole forever. But yeah, there's. <laughs> I have a lot of colleagues that deserve to lose their jobs. There. Okay, Fair yeah, I have a lot of colleagues that are really terrific. Can you take all of I, I your think terrific? The line here, I, I I think for me, there's a, there's a lot of ways to point fingers in this environment, but the truth is. We've made higher education incredibly expensive, and we have not done the future any favor in doing that. It, it means in the future, fewer and fewer young people are going to be able to get a good quality education, and, and that's a crying shame. That hurts everybody. It hurts everybody. And, and you, you can say, well, it's, the, you know, it's this that did it or that, that sure. that did it. There are a lot of theories, a lot of, lot of truth in all of them. But the upshot is it's it's a damn shame that uh, our children or grandchildren have to graduate. If they want to go to college, they have to graduate with maybe 100000 maybe $150,000 of debt. That's not unheard of. And what a blow. It's a big hole to crawl out of for sure. Yeah. yeah. And it's I, I could uh, put in the notes that you know, if you look at graphs and things like you know tuition costs uh, and textbook costs, Compared to the you know the consumer price index, yep. uh, it's really just shooting up way faster. Than it's it's almost as bad as medicine. <laughs> you know, it's really going up fast. What but, drives uh, that though at the at the core? Like, what is? I mean, is, is there is is that money going to good use? I mean, I get research and university stuff costs a lot of money and equipment's expensive. But I mean, is it that expensive really, or is this just a lot of empty profit going to some fool? You know, okay, I, I can't, I can't. Um, it, that's a really good question. I don't have any good data, but I can see where plenty of them. Administration grows and grows and grows, sure. and, grows and does very little. Right, right. I mean, it's you know, uh, but I don't know what percentage of overall budgets that is. Yeah, another thing is we're educating a way higher percentage of people at the university level than we did, than we did when Pat Brown set up that master plan. Yeah. That's true. I've got tons of students that have no point, no place being in a university. Um, I don't know if they should be in vocational school or where they should be, but they're not, they are not university students. And they're just kind of taking up seats. And that also is driving up costs. I think, you know, we admit way too many people. We didn't used to do it. Um, It's it's much rare. It used to be much rare to go to college. When I went to, I graduated from high school. Hardly anybody went to college. Um, so there's been a big pressure on the system from that, too. 
And that does, like you said, it takes up spots for kids that would really benefit from being in that place. Takes up spots, and also it drives down standards. So the the kids that could do better, they could get they don't get pushed as hard as they would. Um, yeah. So things are imperfect. So but we take the other thing. Yeah. Well, this whole MOOC thing, though, the technology is really really seems to finally be changing, and uh, the internet is gonna cause a lot of real change. It's coming into its own. I feel like it was kind of a clogy old clunky pilot. 14.4 crap back in the day that we still used it, right? And, like, now, I don't know, it just... What we have now is so much more intuitive and better than what and, we had then. And I get and it's also, iterative, but... Also, we've had it. You know, what happens every time a new medium comes around, what do they do at the start? They copy the old medium in the new medium. So what you've got now is a lot of... Publishing. Plain old textbooks that have been turned essentially into PDFs. Right, publishing. That's what it mimicked, publishing. So they're repurposing books. But MOOCs and other modular kind of things and and some more modern textbooks and stuff, people are starting to come up with different things than just PDFs of textbooks. Yeah, interactive, full-blown. We're reinventing the medium. that um, That happens with every, you know, look at early television. It was like pointing a camera to stage. Like right. It's like what we're doing right now in our living rooms, basically. This is early yeah. television in full but, color. Uh, you know, music on TV was, was point a camera at, at guys on a stage. And then MTV came along in 1980. And it became something different. But at first, media copy old media. Yeah. That's a good like, point. That's a really interesting example. point. There's tons of examples of it. You, you'd, it'd be, uh, I'm going to shut up, but... A really fun one is to look at the first TV commercials uh, for presidential campaign, Eisenhower's TV commercials. Wow. And all they are is they're radio jingles with little cheesy, cheesy, cheesy animations in front of them. Uh, so, yeah, people, we just copy what went before, and then we figure out new things. And I think MOOCs are, are a sign that we're starting to figure out new technology and new pedagogy. When it almost seems to me that, like, that's – it's – it's a it's a it's the fit you would expect. You're taking information that's constantly changing and you're printing it in this book with paper that once that information changes as it constantly does, like you have to print more books. This just seems like a better fitting medium for education anyway because you can update it instantly. Yeah. You know there there's that really cool quote uh, what's his name? The Wikipedia guy? What's that guy's name? <laughs> How many of you just Googled that Wikipedia guy's name? Uh, you know, who's the guy that takes all the credit? He's a co-founder of Wikipedia and he's sort of... I know, Jimmy Wales. Jimmy Wales. And yes, I Googled yeah, they it. Did, they did that uh, Nature magazine a couple of years ago. I got, uh, I forget, 18 or something top scientists from around the world and they got them to look at Wikipedia articles and Encyclopedia Britannic articles on the same subjects, and to rate them and to count the number of errors and stuff. And it turned out that Wikipedia had a few more errors than Encyclopedia Britannica, but it was close. But Jimmy Wales' comment was, yep, but ours are going to be fixed tomorrow. Exactly, right? Yeah. I loved it, yeah. That's, it's, it's just a perfect medium for that. It's a medium that can change as quickly as the information changes. And it's not even just the information, Matt, because like, 
Okay, freshman calculus hasn't changed. Sure, since, it's also good for uh, reference. It hasn't changed since the days of Isaac Newton or something. <laughs> but we figure out new ways to explain shit. Right. So that he has changed. It still changes constantly. Um, so yeah, it needs to be dynamic. And that's the internet's going to kick the butt of the textbook. As it did the magazine and the radio. And the... And, the, uh, and as soon as House of Cards Season 2 comes out, television. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Netflix. Yeah. When's that supposed to happen? Any idea? Season 2? Oh, I have no idea. I, don't I finished even... Season 1. I'm ready for Did you like two. it? What did you think of it? Um, what, what okay, I did a, my first blog post on it said that it's a really cool idea, but the, act, the acting sucks. Yeah, you were that. Yeah, and I gotten sucked into the. Yeah, I like Tony Soprano way better than that dude. On yeah, that's Soprano. what we had this conversation on. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's previous. But, but in terms of what it is, you know, it's a thirteen-hour movie with variable length. You know, the it, the whole idea. I don't even know why they still break it into uh, what do they call them episodes. I mean, to give you why, an easy way why to does it bookmark. Need to be an, episodic thing Why to give you, you an easy it? bookmark an easy spot to say okay i've digested enough for now i'm gonna go do something else and come back not? and not start right in the middle of something why not let me just pause when i want to because <laughs> we wrote this and we know where you should pause better than you do because you Ooh, didn't write this so... i'm and just also, saying make me watch the goddamn credits <laughs> that is okay i'll give you that that's annoying when we're watching episodes and you know we're watching one after another can you just cut the crap and i mean you... if, if if they wanted to just keep going and say we think you should probably pause now but you don't have to do that i can handle that what was wasn't there a game system oh the Wii. didn't the Wii do that after like a certain amount of time playing it it would say do you want to go take a break now and it would make you tap okay to, like, keep playing. I think it was the Wii. I might be wrong on that, but I, I'm pretty sure it was the Wii. Yeah, but, anyway, I don't know. What would, what it's like, would hey, it buddy, whoa, Stallion, you've just played 13 games of tennis. You want to go go take a breather? <laughs> but it would, it would put a whole different sort of discipline on the guys writing it, too. I, I know... They must write each episode sort of thinking, okay. Well, and that's what they said in an interview is that they had more uh, leeway of what they could do and what they could achieve because they weren't limited in a time frame. They could make an episode 72 minutes if they needed to or 38 minutes. I made a list of the times. They vary by maybe up to five, ten It wasn't really that much, right? I noticed it wasn't. It was like between 45 and 55 minutes, I feel like. They didn't really go too long, and they weren't really too short. But No, there wasn't more than – I don't think there was more than 10 minutes between the shortest. No. But, but then a whole other dimension of freedom would just be, okay, I'm going to write a 13-hour movie. And Why honestly, even- look, look what it was. It was the very first. It showed that it can be done and can be done well and can be done successfully and can be done without – any of the major media backbones. I mean, you need internet. You need internet. I I mean, I go through a media backbone for my internet, but I don't get cable TV from them, which is cool. Exactly. And, you, you know, another uh, thing that I read, somebody pointed out, and I guess it's true, Netflix was able to make all 13 of these because they knew it was going to succeed because they've got so much data on the history of that English series 
They know what their audience likes. They are, they had enough deep, what do they call it? Big data sure. going in to realize that they didn't have to fart around with doing a pilot and see how it goes, that they could commit to 13 episodes. Well, and plus, look who did it. I mean, Kevin Spacey's production house is really good. So they knew they had good people to begin with to That was the this. third thing. Yeah, it was, right, the, right. It was, the, it was the, pre, the English thing, what they knew about people, and Kevin Spacey's track record. And they said that this was a no-risk thing to do the whole thing. It was thing. a no-brainer, right? Yeah, it, was it was like, smart. duh. Why haven't we been doing this? Yeah. And so, geez, uh, yeah, here's hoping that they do more and more and more. Yeah, for sure. And and then at the other end of the guys like HBO have to now crack and go over to the same model. But hopefully they all end up in the, where Netflix is Or now. fight it tooth and nail until, <laughs> I don't even know, die. until North Korea goes nuclear. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully this is the start of the transition of TV really to the Internet. Yeah. The real birth of IPTV. That would be cool. Well, I you want to like shift that. gears, Mike, and tell us before we get out of here about the Microsoft uh, developer offer? Ooh. This is kind of interesting. Well, the news this week. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I thought it said, Mike, that you you posted that. This was one that Ant posted. So do you have... Well, I'll, ju- I'll just do a quick thumbnail on it. Okay, because you're, you're the Windows 8 guy. I figured you, yeah, you yeah, were yeah. the one that... Uh, but basically, they're going to pay app developers 100 bucks for every Windows 8 and Windows Phone 8 app that they develop. So this kind of reminds me of the, the BlackBerry ha- uh, hackathon. What did they call it? The, yeah. I almost said Blackathon. It wasn't that. What did they call it? They, they had something where they were, oh, Portathon. Where you would I'll port tell you your what apps? I call and, it a, a sign of desperation. It is right because that's what we said when BlackBerry did the the port thing, yeah. and they were paying to We'll pay you so much for porting yeah, your they're apps. They're please. paying the numbers game. Yeah, you know, it, it's going to be another. You know, you want to make a fast thousand dollars, write one app, and change its colors and port it, it to ten times. Port it to BlackBerry. Port it to Microsoft, and there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and that's a sign that we we've been talking about for a while is that it's really not just about the the OS, it's about the app ecosystem that goes along with it. That's why Android did so well, that's why iOS started out and did so well. It was all about the apps. Yep. I don't see why they are so late in the game. Microsoft people use your computers, but they weren't using mostly your crap. They were using third-party software. What are those? Apps. Like you didn't make that transition like duh it seems so obvious i mean hindsight always is but come on i don't know it's just so disappointing to see so many lame moves from from redmond yeah Uh, and this this one just sort of smacks of being a little desperate so you say they're paying a hundred dollars an app yeah per app yeah and um, i mean who's gonna be swayed to do something yeah, wasn't BlackBerry, I feel like, was paying up to 10000 Like, what is this, Microsoft? <laughs> Come on. So not only are they desperate, but they're cheap and They're desperate. lowballing it. People yeah. are like, I'm going to go over here to BlackBerry if I'm going to port my app to anything other than iOS or Android because <laughs> they're going to pay me, like, five grand, maybe even ten if I'm lucky, if it's a good app. Yeah, I mean, $100 seems these days kind of trivial. And uh, All Things D talked to a Microsoft spokesman that said the company believes the best apps come from those partners who are invested in the platform and own their experience now and in the future. 
that it's a limited time $100 offer is not representative of an ongoing program. That's good. I How many billions and billions of dollars Microsoft? $100? It just seems ludicrous. Why doesn't Microsoft just make apps? Yeah. I mean, if you want to make, if you need apps, like you're Microsoft, make apps. You know what Google did when it needed apps? It made apps. You know what they have now? A whole bunch of apps and an awesome operating system. You know, this reminds I went to the uh, the very first develop, what they call a build conference where they mm-hmm. unveiled Windows. The Microsoft build, yeah. In, out here in LA. And uh, they demonstrated some apps. And they were written by summer interns. I mean, come on. Were they awesome? Some summer interns and hundred dollars for a real app. I don't know. It's just yeah, right. It's almost like an Onion News article. Like I had to double check. You're supposed to be a software company. You think they kind of understand that, right? They would understand software and development. You would think. You You would like to think. A study by PC Mag showed that Windows Phone 8 now offers 63% of the 102 most popular apps that are out for iOS and Android. So they're getting there. I mean, how long has Windows Phone 8 been out for now? Not very. I see it in the show Arrow all the time. You guys watch Arrow at all? They're all about the Windows Phone and Surface tablets in that show. It's I don't know if Microsoft like dropped some cash and was like, hey, Windows logos. Like product placement? Yeah, like, oh, my phone's ringing, and it's totally like Windows Phone. (laughs) Or like, hey, we got to find this guy. It's a funny display on my phone. And all the computer monitors, the backs of them have the Windows logo on them. They're all like, it's not Dell, it's like Windows. Yeah, you can't follow. I mean, how how many Apples have you seen? uh, Oh, yeah, for sure, tons. But then you know what the difference is? Apple doesn't pay for that stuff. Microsoft, I'm pretty sure, did. You don't think Apple pays? No, I read somewhere, and I don't know, this could be just dumb internet myth, but I read somewhere that Apple does not pay for product placement in film or television. Google that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Awesome. On the other hand, I don't know that Apple needs to. Yeah, right? Exactly. They should just buy Microsoft and get it over with. (laughs) Maybe Google will buy Evernote and Evernote will make keep Evernote. <laughs> I don't know. That would be good. Uh, all right. Uh, Larry, you want to talk about the Cuba oh, Gooding, yeah. um, Cuba Gooding Jr.? No, the Cuban prison uh, thing. Yeah. Um, a guy named Alan Gross mm-hmm. was arrested in 2009. Uh, and what he had done, he had made five trips to Cuba, and on each trip, he brought in some, you know, these vegans, little uh, slow-speed kind of, what you know, uh, 256k bit per second satellite uplink stations, and some Wi-Fi base stations, and it's, it's, you know, he brought in, he did, he didn't bring in heavy-duty equipment, just stuff he could carry. And personal just, networking, right? I mean, this personal, is just my yeah. personal networking. I need to set up a pan. It's fine. My personal area network, don't worry about it. Yeah. Cuba. And he claims that he didn't know that was illegal under Cuban law. Anyhow, bottom line is on his fifth trip, he got busted. And um, he then sued the – and he was sentenced ultimately to 15 years in prison. He's still in prison. Wow. And he he has a lawsuit. He filed a lawsuit against the people he contracted 
for the you know he was a subcontractor and also against the u.s government because this is a usaid project the u.s government paid for it he's basically claiming that they understated that the, the risk he was taking and that he was naive which i think is bs because the guy's been in this business for years he did not google cuba state or cuban law yeah. about bringing in yeah. satellite uplinks or it's like what's the law say about it's that for me to believe that he was as naive as he pretends to have been in this lawsuit well of course not but that's what you're gonna say you don't want to do 15 years in cuba <laughs> jail well, no way no, but he's trying to this is a lawsuit against the U.S. companies for damages. He wants millions of dollars. But anyhow, the thing that the reason I posted it is because in that lawsuit this week he put he filed a, a an affidavit putting in detail what he had done and the whole process and just really spelling out all the uh, the details of the thing. And it makes really interesting reading. I I've got a link to it and I I would advise people to read it. And one, if you want to just single out one thing that really caught my eye, when he's five feet eleven inches tall, when he went into prison, he weighed two hundred and fifty-four pounds. He now weighs one hundred and forty-five pounds. Wow! He's almost lost a hundred pounds in prison. Yeah, and I've got some pictures of him, sort of. That's insane. guy and a gaunt old man. So the moral of the story is Cuban prisons are. Uh, yeah, it's in the show notes, actually. I yeah, yeah. Cuban yeah. prisons are not a pretty place. Actually, if Don't, you guys are watching yeah. The Hangout, I'll screen share this. Yeah, there it is. That's Alan Gross. Uh, so what was the law? Yes. Do you know what the law, that the exact law that he broke? Or is it just anything about bringing electronics into uh, the country or yeah. communication hey. devices? What was it? Oh, yeah, no, he totally... What he did is totally against the law in Cuba. In Cuba, you can't even have a Wi-Fi base station without registering it. I mean, Cuba. So you couldn't technically out. have an Android device there that had tethering AP capabilities because you're basically creating a Wi-Fi. <laughs> We're talking about second generation cellular. We're talking about flip phone. You can basically have a flip phone there. But there by that no, law, technically no a smartphone no does phone. that. So if they caught you with a smartphone, not saying that it even worked there because there's no service, but the technology inside of it does that. So that's illegal. No, actually, guys do have smartphones, and they use them basically as cameras and, and telephones and IM you know, sending input instant messages. So it's not just a- having the technology. It's what you're going to do with it then is the intent. I mean, I don't understand that. Yeah, the intent is to is to do internet communicate. Is to communicate. The thing is, all of Cuba's internet traffic goes through one place, and that one place is extremely limited. It's uh, up until recently was satellite only. Right. Like yeah, I remember you telling us. had something like three hundred fifty megabits per second total for the whole country. Yeah, I remember you telling us about whole that country. Uh, and so this guy, I mean, he's bringing in. Uh, I, I can't remember. I don't want to screw up, but let's say he brought in 10 uh, 256K bit per second, uh, uh, 256. You know, he brought in as much satellite connectivity maybe as, as, as the official government has, but still it's a trivial amount of connectivity, but that's all totally illegal. I mean, none of that is... So over the time that he was there, it says he set up... He's in jail for basically trying to overthrow the government. He set up 150 fixed Earth stations to increase internet access, he said, in the last 10 years that he was there. No, no, no. 
he only went five times and carried this thing. He didn't send up 150 of them. I can give you the, I have the exact numbers. But yeah, that's in the that. thing here. It says, for the last 10 years before my arrest, my projects through JBDC, his company, focused primarily on. Around the world. Yeah, Over yeah, this period. Oh, him. okay. To other yeah, countries. Yeah. I see what and you're saying. And that's why I say there's this guy's been doing this for years. Wow. So he's not so naive as to think that it was. But I don't know. On the other hand, he said he never, in his deposition, he says, I never lied going through customs. I let the people see what I was carrying. Um, I don't know. It's hard for me to believe. But... That's crazy. What that... he says. Wow. That's what he said in his affidavit. Yeah, his, this blog uh, is really. Wow, man. Crazy. So, uh, yeah, everybody thought they'd let him, they'd try him and find him guilty and then let him go on mercy grounds. But no, they slammed him in jail and, and look how much weight he's lost. Poor guy. His wife, I think, has cancer too. It's really a shitty story. Yeah, it is. Are they, That's why, a nightmare of a story. Making it an is example? A yeah. And he was a guy, I mean, I think he was an idealistic guy that wanted to bring communication to people around the world that are stifled. And uh, he just, boy, he screwed up. And yeah, that's part of the reason I won't, I would be afraid personally to go to Cuba is because of that, what happened to this guy. Yeah. It's, it's uh, a, a very real fear to, to have to deal with. And the fact that these aren't, I mean, I'm sure U.S. prison is no vacation, but I mean, this is way, way, way worse, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at the guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. just from the pictures, they're not feeding him that Even well. From the deposition, the the deposition, he couldn't type it or write it. He it was done by uh, his lawyers interviewing him because he has no access to computer. Um, God knows what his life is like. They should use some of that 350 bit bandwidth they have there and like stream a live cam so everyone can can tune Everybody's in. Well, now they've got an undersea cable, but yeah. they're not using it, you know? Um, that's kind of a whole other story, but they've got an undersea cable, sort of no domestic infrastructure to connect up to it, essentially, and, um, you know, political reasons for not wanting people to connect up to it. I feel so like, too, of, that the world is... Regard, it's lying fallow. It's almost too the world is focused in other areas right now, and I I don't feel like except for this show, like I've never heard anyone really speak about that. You know, like none of the mainstream media, none of the other tech, anything I read or listen to mentions anything about this. So it's it's not anything that people are focused on, and it's I don't know, it should be. There is a community is like I have a blog. Uh, it's called La Red Cubana. It's the the Cuban net, and I blog about it. And there is a community that's into it. But like you say, it's really small. Like when I got started in Cuba, uh, the Defense Department was interested in Cuba because they were thinking, they were trying to anticipate in advance what was going to happen when Castro fell and how we should deal with it. But then the Middle East blew up and they totally lost it. Everyone shifted their attention over there. Yeah. And Cuba disappeared. Uh, on 9-11 or 9-12, Cuba was off the list. So... Yeah, I agree. Cuba and wiping the sweat from their brow, like, that was close, guys. Yeah. But uh, no, if anybody bad. cares about Cuba, I've got, they should go look look at my blog. Yeah, you got a lot of good write-ups up there. We'll put a link to it in the show notes at yetanothertechshow.com. Do you have any thoughts on that, Mike, before we wrap this up? 
No, I think Larry said it very well for all of us. You know, C Cuba is literally in our backyard, and we ought to care a lot about what's happening there. And it's it's a There's shame a to see that. It's a lot closer shame. than the Middle East, is it not? No, it's like ninety miles off of uh, exactly. Florida. So it's it's um, then you see this guy um, sort of disappearing in front of your eyes in those sequence of three photos. It's a pretty tragic story. Yeah. Yeah. People need to pay attention. Pay attention, pay folks. Attention. This stuff is happening. Well, it's Cuba. I'll never go there. You might not have to. Cuba might come here one day. Just remember that. It'd be terrible. All right. Well, guys, I think for not having an ant with us, we did pretty well. We yeah. miss our ant Pruitt. Ant, come back soon. I'm sure he'll What's be around. He's got his his crack by crack or something groove on the couch. <laughs> the butt <fell> groove. <laughs> so comfy. I'm sure you can catch him on the smartphone photographer hangout tomorrow night because he hosts that thing. He has to be there, unlike myself. I don't have to be there for that one. Good plug. <laughs> but it's a great show. You should watch it if you like smartphone photography. Uh, Larry Press, you got your blogs up. We'll put links to the, the stuff we talked about on the site, and you can find your links there. Saw you had a couple pieces up on Plus Tech Larry Page Press. 1. Yeah. Mike Rothman, Mr. I saw you had a couple posts on Tech Page 1 as well. Nice work. Yeah, yeah. Check out uh, Tech Page 1, and you'll always find me on uh, Google Now. So give me a read. Google, Google Now, Google, Google Plus, via Google, Google Now. Plus. Yeah. You can Thank say you. Google, find Mike Rothman, and it will. That's <laughs> right. And then you can tell it to take a note. You, you betcha. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks for listening, guys. Make sure you're subscribed in iTunes. Yetanothertechshow.com has all the links to that and all of our social networks and our Facebook page and our Google Plus community where we interact with each other throughout the week, post articles, talk about stuff like that, all tech technologically related so thanks for listening we'll see you next week bye good night everyone Another Tech Show. Check us out online at yetanothertechshow.com.